bear along with me. I need to do an introduction to our um, podcast. Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Thomas and Joanne Rich from the River of Life Christian Center. We're beginning our Sunday morning podcast on Apple Podcasts, Anchor Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and multiple other podcast platforms. And this morning, that today is August 17th, 2020. And this morning, we're going to be teaching from the thought, stop blocking God's blessing. And I know there's a few folk that are listening in, watching in, and you're sitting there thinking, I'm not blocking God's blessing. But this morning, as I share with you from the word of God, I know for myself that there have been many occasions in my life where my mindset, my attitude, my heart, my lifestyle, my values have been contrary to what God wanted for me. And so although he was trying to, to get blessings through to me, I was the one that was blocking the blessing. And so this morning, as I, I, I think about the lesson that we're going to be teaching, I want you to, to listen in with an open mind and a pen and paper, because the reality is that I believe as we look at this lesson, we're going to discover that all of us too often have been directly responsible for keeping the blessing hand of God from reaching through to us. And so this morning, our thought is from stop blocking God's blessing. The lesson family is going to be taken from the book of Luke, chapter 15. This is a very familiar chapter to many people who have been in the church for a while. But I'm, I'm going to be starting down in the story a bit. We're going to begin reading at verse 25. Uh, you know that this chapter deals with the story of the prodigal son. But I'm going to be taking a, a, a different approach to that story this morning. And so if you would, we're going to begin reading at verse 25. And verse 25 says, Now his eldest son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things really meant. The servant said unto him, Thy brother is come home, and thy father has killed the fatted calf because he have received him safe and sound. Verse 28, And the elder son was angry and would not enter in to the celebration. Therefore, the father came out, and he would, I'm, I'm, this is my adding to that verse. The father came out to check on him and, and invited him into the celebration. Verse 29 says, that the son answered, saying to his father, Lo, all these many years do I serve you. Never transgressed I have I at any time your commandments, and yet you never gave me the, a fatted calf, nor did you give me an opportunity to celebrate or have a party with my friends. Verse 30. But as soon as this thy son has come, which have devoured thy living with harlots. 
Thou hast killed him, the fatted calf. Verse 31 and 32. And the father said unto his eldest son, Son, thou art always with me. Uh, I, I have you here with me all the time. Verse 32. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad, for thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Won't you bow your heads with me, please? Father, we bless you and honor you, God, for the privilege of this Sunday morning teaching. God, as your servant, as your mouthpiece, I yield to you and ask you to take authority, take charge, guide my mouth, my words, my thoughts, my attitude, everything that is necessary so that your message might reach the mind, heart, and spirit of your people. God, it is my prayer today that when we finish this teaching, not one of us will leave out the same as we entered in. God, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Family, I was as I was praying and, and considering this morning, I was reminded of a song a few years back that was entitled, The Presence of the Lord is Here. It was sung by a brother named uh, Byron Cage. And the song went something like this. He said, can't you see him working on the outside? He was referring to God doing his work in the life of his people. Then he said, I can see him moving on the inside. And he went on and said, so come. Enter in, cast your cares on him. He'll open the window and pour you out a blessing. Because when the Lord steps in, he brings everything you need. Healing he brings, power he brings, and victory. Then the song said, it's all up to you. Uh, the song went on, and, and, and I like this part of it because it's going to match our thought for the morning. He said, I can feel the presence of the Lord, and I'm going to get my blessing right now. Then he said, I can feel the presence of the Lord, and I'm going to get my blessing right now. Let me just say this as I get started. So many of us are often looking for our blessing without considering how God goes about dispensing, sharing, giving uh, the blessing that he has for each of our lives. And let me make sure that you catch this. I don't care where you are in your life today. When God allowed that, that egg and sperm that became you to me, he had a blessing in mind just for you. And he had a purpose in mind that you too would be used by him to be a blessing into the earth. So let me just say again, our thought is going to be stop blocking God's blessing. Obviously, that means that you and I have a part to play when God is 
dispensing blessings. I, I suspect, and, and because I'm, I'm sure many of you, if you've been around the church more than half a second, you're familiar with Luke chapter 15. You know that that, that chapter is the chapter that talks about the prodigal son. But uh, most of the sermons you've probably heard out of Luke, for Luke 15 have likely focused upon the love of the father who patiently waits for his wayward son to come to his senses. And, and I'll tell you what, I've preached that message numerous times. I, 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 I look at it and I see the father standing there watching and waiting because that son had come to him and said, Dad, uh, I, I'm done. I'm, I'm ready to go. Give me my share of my inheritance and let me go make my own life. And of course, if you know the story, you know that he went out and he wasted his money on riotous living. He, he, he lived among the prostitutes. He, uh, while he had his resources and his money, he had plenty of friends. But one day, he ran out of his resources, found himself living in the hog pen. And uh, while in the hog pen, remembering that the servants at his father's table had better to eat than he did. And the text tells us that he returned home to his dad and said, Father, I have sinned against you and against heaven. Well, that's the story that most of us think about. We think about his repentance and turning home. We think about the father who was watching for him, waiting for him, who received him with open arms, with joy and gladness and mercy, grace and forgiveness. And through this amazing party for him, because that son who was once wayward and had squandered his inheritance, had found his way back home. But family, I want you to remember uh, that there were three primary characters in the story. The father, the prodigal, but there was another primary character in the story, and that was the son that we call the elder son. He was the one who did not leave home. He was the one who stayed there and did the work that was necessary around the farm or his father's property. And uh, one of the things that I discovered as I was thinking about and praying over this story uh, is that we don't often enough consider that there were three people in the story. We, we talk about the prodigal, we talk about the father, but this morning, family, I want to talk about that elder son because, uh, in the church, many of us, if we are honest, are probably more like the elder son. The reason I say that is yeah. that uh, by the time we got to the church, we've had our wayward moments. We've been way out in the world. I know yeah. for myself, I was a wayward son. I did many things that I knew better. My Family had taught me better. I was raised in the church, and I knew that the Word of God said that where I was was not where I was supposed to be, but I had convinced myself that that was supposed to be bringing me joy in my life. And so I've been the wayward son. I've had the experience, 
of having the Father to welcome me lovingly back, despite my history, giving me another chance. But when I was praying over this lesson and I got to thinking about this, I said, you know something? The, The Lord reminded me so many of us in the church are like the elder son. What, what, what do you mean by that? Well, let me tell you something. Uh, there's a lot of symbolism in this story. And, and uh, after we talk about the prodigal and after we talk about the father, we cannot ignore the elder brother. That's right. And so yeah. this morning, I, I want to lay out for you the elder brother. And I want you to be willing to be honest about your own life so that you can benefit from the lesson of the elder son. How many folk are willing to agree with me this morning? Just say amen, raise your hand right where you are. Amen, amen. Amen. Uh, Kindly, someone, if you would, put your phone on mute. Uh, I, I believe that anyone who reads this text regarding the prodigal son, would have to also acknowledge that something special happened in this text when we talk about the elder brother. First of all, let me give you a profile of the elder brother. I want you to write this down because I will not finish all of this today. So I'm going to give you an overview of where we're going. And I want you to just write down this profile. First thing I want you to know is that the elder brother was angry. And you're going to discover that in Luke 15 and 28. He thought that his brother's sinfulness was unforgivable, but that daddy welcomed him as if he were royalty and then threw him a royal-like party. The second uh, image of the elder son that I want you to remember as that the elder son, back in my day, we would have called him a killjoy. That's a K-I-L-L-J-O-Y. He would have been called a killjoy. And, and what I mean by that is that he resented his father's joy and refused to share in it. You will see that also in Luke 15, 28. I want you to also remember this because this reflects all of us at one time or in one way or another. And that was that this elder son was also performance driven. Uh, Luke 15 and 29 is going to help us to see that. Luke 15, 29 is also going to show us that this elder son was a rule keeper. Now, let me be quick to say to you, There's more than one way to be a rule keeper. Mm -hmm. There are some rule keepers who will kill everybody and everything around them while they're keeping the rules. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're keeping the rules without the spirit and the love of God. Mm -hmm. This elder brother was a rule keeper. He thought that because he obeyed the rules that he deserved the blessing that the father was given, giving to the prodigal. He was a rule keeper. Um, and then I want you to know there were at least two other things. I may share some others, but there are two other things I want you to write down this morning. This elder brother 
was infected. Let, let me say that again. He was infected. You know, when we talk about someone being infected, that means that something has gotten inside of them that does not belong there. And if you don't deal with it, uh, it will do great harm. It can even bring about death. In this context, it could have brought about uh, natural death, both mm -hmm. for the dad, for the prodigal, and for the older brother. Uh, it could have also brought about spiritual death. But he was infected with a disease called a superiority complex. Uh, my wife said, uh-oh. And when I thought about that as I was reading Luke 15 and 30, I had an uh-oh check my spirit. Because what I know is that in the church, too often we are judgmental. And we are infected with a superiority complex. We can judge everybody else without looking inward and recognizing that God is up to something with us. And I, I heard in the word of God where he said, how can you judge your brother's sin when you, the speck in your brother's eye, when you've got a log in your own eye. And, and so this elder brother was infected, y'all, with a spirit called a superiority complex. And the last part of the profile that uh, I believe I'm going to address is he was also infected with a critical spirit. So those last two, superiority complex and critical spirit, are found in Luke 15 and 30. Now, I read to you from Luke 15, verses 25 through 32. And if you remember, when I started reading at verse 25, uh, you recognize that the reading was really beginning with the elder brother. And it was beginning there because that's going to be our focus. I said to you that the elder brother was angry not only about the party. He wasn't angry also about the fatted calf that was killed, but he was also angry because he knew that his brother, the prodigal, had wasted the inheritance that his father had worked so hard to give to him. And so I want you to consider the tone of the elder brother when he talks to his father, and I want you to capture this. He's not just talking to his father. He's scolding his father. He's talking down to his father. He's getting on dad because dad is not meeting his expectation of his dad. And, and, and listen to what he said. As soon as this son of yours came, this person who has devoured your livelihood on holids, you killed the fatted calf just for him. That's verse 30, y'all. I, I, I hope you hear that. As soon as this son of yours, that's an attitude, not my brother, but this son of yours. That, that, that's a, an incredible illustration 
of the attitude of the elder son. As soon as this son of yours returned, this person, not my brother, but this person who has devoured your livelihood. And then he added on to it with harlots, you know, with prostitutes, living a lifestyle that defames the family. Daddy, I haven't been out there living with the prostitutes. I've been right here with you. Daddy, I, I, I didn't take my inheritance and go and waste it like this son of yours has done. I've been faithful to you. I've been right here with you. Family, I want you to capture that attitude because so many of us, if the truth be known, have been as guilty as the elder brother. And I said to you today, our thought is don't block or stop blocking God's blessing. One of the things that it is so important for us to learn is that we cannot tell God how to bless us. We can't set the parameters of the blessing of God. God sets the parameters. He sets the requirements. He makes the determination when we are ready and when we're not. Sometimes we believe we're ready, but God is looking on the inside. He sees the way that we think. He listens to our heart, yeah. and he recognizes whether we are ready for the blessing that he's always had for us. But too often, we are living like this elder brother, and we're trying to tell God, it's one thing to ask God to bless you, but it is an important thing to remember that the blessing of God comes when we join with God, as opposed to us demanding that God join with us. That's right. This elder brother was making demands of the father and talking about his self-righteousness, talking about, I've been here for you all along. I didn't leave you like my brother or that son of yours did. I, I didn't take what that son of yours did and waste what you worked hard to provide for us. So often, that's us. But as I was thinking about that, I heard the words of Byron Cage. And, and he said, can't you see him working on the outside? I want you to capture this family because the elder brother was blinded by what he thought was important and by what he expected from his father without regard to what the father was doing in response to a son who once was lost, but now is found. I, I don't know if you all are walking with me right now, but I want you to catch that. This father was responding to a son who had recognized his wayward ways, repented and turned back home and came and said, Dad, I have sinned against you and against heaven. And I ask you to forgive me. Mm. That's the kind of attitude. Yes. That's the kind of yeah. spirit yes. that moves God. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't only move God, but this father is an image of God. He was moved by the son. And he threw a, a, a special party, invited special guests, took an action 
that represented something special by killing not just any calf, but a special calf to celebrate the fact that this son who was once lost, but now is found. And yet the elder son, this said, this son of yours, and I want you to be what Byron Cage was saying to all of us. And I believe the text is saying to us as well. The elder son missed this, but don't you miss it. Can't you see God working on the outside because he's trying to do something on the inside that can equip us so that he can get, so that we can get the blessing. This brother was so focused on the stuff that he thought was important that though God would have easily wanted to bless him, he couldn't do it. Thank you, Pastor. He couldn't do it because the son couldn't see God working on the outside. He was missing it because he was so self-focused. He was positioned himself in such a way that all he could see was himself mm-hmm. and not what God was doing through his brother. Let me tell you something. God is sitting right now looking for every repentant sinner. This, this father, when his son left, uh, I, I heard uh, Reverend Walter Jones probably about 25 or 30 years ago, give an image that I never forgot about the, the prodigal, the, the father of the prodigal, who said that uh, the image was that that father never stopped looking, That's right. that every day he was out looking and watching That's right. because he wanted to believe that that son who had become wayward mm. would one day come back over the hill. And return home to his father. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of this text is that because the father by faith believed that that son was going to return home. Mm -hmm. One day, way off in the distance, he saw an image come across the top of the hill. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you know who you have raised. You can recognize the image of your son Mm. and distinguish it from anybody else's image. I don't care how far away they are. Mm -hmm. You recognize your son, your daughter, that that, that child of yours, Mm -hmm. when they start coming in. Mm. And the, the, the image that Reverend Jones gave blessed me so much because he said that father did not wait for the son to get to him. He said when the father when the father saw the son coming over the hill mm. the father began running to the son with That's open right. arms Amen. Amen. said he grabbed him and hugged him and kissed him Amen. and said I've been waiting for you welcome home son mm. Jesus But don't forget mm-hmm. the elder son came home that evening heard the music mm. recognized that there was dancing called the servant aside and said, what's going on in there? Mm, And the servant said, Mm. your father's son, your brother Mm. has returned home and your daddy Mm. 
has thrown him a party, killed the fatted calf. Mm. Welcomed everyone in to celebrate this one who once was lost, but now is found. Well, I'm still focusing on the eldest son. Catch this, y'all, because we have been too guilty of the eldest son. The eldest son, after hearing that report, was having none of that celebration. He refused to go in because in his mind, the spirit of self-righteousness had become so big that in his mind, all he could focus on is, daddy's throwing him a party, killed him the fatted calf, but I'm the one that's been here. And the spirit of self-righteousness was just welling up in him. Then he became indignant. Yes. Then he became arrogant. Then that anger started rising to the top. Mm. That anger with his dad, the anger with his brother. And I would suggest here too, that sometimes we get this feeling mm. that Justice has not been served according to our expectation of justice. And when that happens, we're not just angry with the ones around us, but our anger mm. goes upward mm. and we begin to lose perspective mm. of the fact that God is the one who calls the shots. God's the one who gets to say, I'm happy that this son has returned. I'm going to demonstrate my love and my excitement about the one who once was lost, but now is found. God, God was illustrating grace. God was illustrating mercy and forgiveness, but the son, the eldest son, was having nothing to do with it. Daddy came outside. He said, son, come on in and join the party. But the eldest son went after his father with indignation, with condemnation, with arrogance. He talked down to his father. He forgot that this was his father. And, and family, I want you to understand, we're not just like that sometime with that earthly one that God have given uh, responsibility over us. But we are like that with God. When things break down and not going the way we want, we shake our fist at God or we do it at God through daddy or through mama or through the one that God had placed in our life to give us uh, his instruction from on high. Let me tell you something. We talk about God opening the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing, but the blessing, no matter how much he wants to give it, will not reach the person who does not allow God to be God in his life. When you decide that God is not responding as you believe that he should respond, what you have just done is drawn a curtain between you and God. Our text, our thought for today is stop blocking God's blessing. That means you got to let God be God in your life. That means that he knows better than you know what it is that is necessary for you to get the blessing. 
So this morning, I'm going to close out with this point. The elder son said to his father, this son of yours has devoured the inheritance that you gave him. I want to give you a word right here. You might write it down. Uh, it's a Greek word that's related to why the son said this. It's, it's called kataphago. And in the Greek, or the English spelling of this Greek word is K-A-T-A-P-H-A-G-O, kataphago. Metaphorically, it means to squander or to waste. This elder brother was feeling superior because he had not done what the younger brother did. He hadn't wasted, he hadn't squandered his inheritance on a lifestyle with the, har with the harlots and the prostitutes. So the elder brother was angry about the past and that anger about the past blinded him to his present and to his future. So as I get ready to close today, and I, I remind you again, we're saying stop blocking God's blessing. I want to close yeah. by simply reminding us of this. We'll pick up on the rest of the profile of the eldest son next week. But I want to remind you of this. Everything in your life is not going to always go just the way you think it should go. But I want to encourage you to let God be God. Sometimes it is important that we slow down, open up our eyes, open up our heart and our spirit and give consideration, not to what we're experiencing, but to what God might be up to in that moment. It may not be coming at you the way you expected. It may not be coming to you when you expected it. But can you allow enough room to trust and believe that God is up to something in your life? If you can do that, what you have just done is you have opened up the windows of heaven. You've opened up the windows of your heart. You've opened up your spirit, man. You've opened up an opportunity so that even though it might not look like you think it should look, even though it might not come the manner that you think it should come, because you have opened up and allowed God to be God, there is room available for the blessing of God to break into, to come into, to get through to your mind, to your heart, to your spirit, so that your self-righteousness is crushed so that your arrogance is crushed. I know sometimes we've gotten comfortable thinking that we're better than everybody else because we're in the church and we're doing this better than somebody else. They've got their struggle, but I don't have that struggle. Yeah. And, and we don't acknowledge the struggle we have. We just focus too much on what they're struggling with. And don't allow God to get through to show us what we need for ourselves. But this morning, I'm saying to you that the elder brother struggled with anger because he was so focused on what he thought he had done and what he felt that his brother had failed to do. 
and his daddy had failed to do, that there was no way that he was going to allow God, who was celebrating a, a, a one, one who once was lost, but is now found. I'm saying to you today, Amen. it's time to celebrate, y'all. And in order to celebrate, we got to strip off a lot of the stuff that we've allowed to block the blessing of God. Open up. Let God get through to your mind, your heart, and your spirit. Uh, more than anything else, stop just thinking that if you read the word five or 10 minutes a day, that you got a relationship with God. You might know a little bit from the word, but you cannot have a relationship on a 10 minute investment every day. I, I, I had a friend and I'm getting ready to close, but I had a friend who was big in investments. Uh, and one of the things that impressed me because he was successful as an investor, but one of the things that impressed me was that every moment that he had, he was sitting down with uh, his Wall Street Journal and all of the different charts that he used. That's right. and, and he invested a lot of time. Uh, I can't explain all of what he was doing, but he was devoted to making his investments successful. And so he devoted a lot of time and a lot of energy to doing it. And he was successful. But I want to suggest to you, if you want to be successful in your relationship with Christ, you've got to do what that brother did with his investments. Mm -hmm. Because if you're willing to do that with your relationship with God, you will find yourself in a position better than the elder brother. And when somebody says to you, can you see what God is doing on the outside? They'll be able to recognize your relationship because they will see that because you opened up on the outside, God was able to do a work from the inside out. And that's the work that can stop the can stop the blocking of God's blessing. Amen. So as I close this morning, I am saying to you, all of us have been guilty of blocking God's blessing, but it's time to get out of the way so that the blessing of God can break through and honor and bless your life. God bless you. May heaven smile on you. And I want to say to you again, and we're going to continue this next week. I gave you a, a list of things that were blocking the blessing of God through the elder brother. We're going to continue that next week, but be praying for us. Take some time, read through Luke 15, and let that bless your life. May God bless you and heaven smile on you and give you peace. As we get ready to close, I'm going to be having a prayer, and then we're going to invite 